Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper. Our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. And every week we tell the stories of Harvest Baptist Church by featuring interviews with special guests. Our mission is to help people develop a heart for God. This week we're focusing on Orphan Sunday and Veterans Day. This Sunday at Harvest Baptist Church, message will be from John chapter 15. Today, I want to welcome Pastor Gary Walton and our guests for today's program, Josh and Bethany Taylor. Welcome. Half a day. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Yeah, Chris, we're looking forward to a special Sunday at Harvest uh, coming up here in a few days. Um, it seem it might seem like a little bit of an unusual combination of days, uh, both Veterans Day on this weekend and then uh, Orphan Sunday as well. But they're things that are important uh, to our heart uh, here at Harvest. And so we're looking forward to celebrating both of those uh, days together as a church family on Sunday. And looking forward to hearing from Josh and Bethany today. They're not strangers to, to our program, but let's talk a little bit about this Sunday before we get to that um, and what we're focusing on. We're going to look, uh, well, throughout the service, we're going to have some special emphasis uh, reminders about the needs of uh, orphans and particularly uh, foster care across the island of Guam, um, and then uh, opportunity to recognize our uh, veterans in the service as well. Of course, at Harvest, uh, our, the focus of our service is always bringing us back to the scriptures, and so we're going to spend a little bit of time in John chapter 15. Uh, I think a text can, that speaks to both of these emphasis um, John 15 verse 12 says, This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And I love how that connects with a verse just previous to that. Verse 11 says, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Uh, so we're going to explore together uh, both the idea of the sacrificial love of God the Father to us as his children and the command that we have as believers to care for others uh, around us in response to God's love for us and uh, the idea that in all of these things, this is how our, our joy is truly fulfilled. And uh, so I think that'll be, um, inc- I hope it'll be encouraging as we look at God's word together. And Josh and Bethany certainly aren't strangers, of course, to Harvest Ministries, uh, nor to the radio station. I know that we've shared your testimony before and your burden that God's given both of you for the needs of foster children um, across the island. But for those that maybe are hearing your story or being introduced to you for the first time, uh, tell us a little bit about your family um, and maybe how you uh, came to Guam and to Harvest. Uh, we've been out here on Guam since six months before Pong Song Hua, uh, back in 2002. Uh, we came in uh, July both to be teachers here at Harvest Christian Academy, and um, both, uh, we'd gotten married a grand total of two months, uh, sorry, two weeks, <laughs> two weeks before we came out here. And it was actually a pretty easy sell to get Bethany out here to Guam uh, because I said, I feel the Lord lead me either to uh, the Pacific 
or to seminary. And she said, Pacific sounds great. I was done with college. <laughs> <laughs> she did not. Yeah, so, so that was uh, really uh, pretty clear leading uh, for us to come out here uh, uh, to Guam to teach. And I was just a sixth grade teacher. And uh, Bethany started out teaching first grade, correct? I did. I taught three years, um, first grade for two years, and then kindergarten my third year. And I got pregnant that third year with Annabelle. And so that is when, uh, I mean, really, Bethany always, God made her to be a mom. Hmm. Uh, And uh, that's uh, after uh, our firstborn, uh, Annabelle, was born, uh, went through massive complications. Uh, I watched as the doctors wheeled the crash cart in uh, with my wife dying there, bleeding out, um, had a perfectly healthy daughter, uh, good two hours old, and a wife that I didn't know if it was, she was ever going to have a chance to, to meet her. Mm-hmm. Um, multiple days in the hospital, 16 blood transfusions, um, and uh, finally the doctors were able to uh, perform the, the surgery on her, but that meant we were not going to have any more children. Uh, and uh, that was a uh, one of those... One of those God meant it for good, but you didn't know it at the time, and it just was very crushing to our family. Uh, But that's exactly what God knew he was going to use two years down the road. Uh, We had zero idea at that point in time that this is where God was leading us to. Um, Because Bethany had always talked about having a a large family, and I had always talked about having a family. (laughs) (laughs) big difference. It, it was. It was a numbers thing. It was a numbers game. And, and it just, large families, it just wasn't, it was a little bit foreign to me. I, I, she was uh, the youngest of three uh, daughters. I'm the youngest of three boys. Um, I had never, when, Pastor, I'm, I'm just telling you, when you talked last week about the flower sheets on the bed, <laughs> the first time I went to my wife's uh, parents' house and I did my student teaching there and uh, at, her, at her school and I went to her house. They showed me to the guest room, and there were heart-shaped pillows on a daybed. And I'm like, I don't know what a daybed is, and you're kidding me with heart-shaped pillows. And so it was— You entered a whole new world. <laughs> this is how our relationship started. Yes. Yeah. And so, again, that was another one of those things that only God could bring that together because that was just very foreign to me. Um, and so then, once we got out here to Guam, uh, the way that the Lord led, uh, I was one of those very stubborn in, you know what, God only allows us to have one child, so I'm not going to force God's will on anything. We're not going to look anywhere else. We're just going to pour our lives into our one daughter because I'm not going to try and show people that God messed up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my wife said, you're being stupid, Josh. <laughs> this is this is how God is opening up the opportunity for us to now reach out into our island's children that are just really struggling, and we have an opportunity to help them. Well, God gave me the verse through that really critical hard time in our lives, John 10, 10. He came to give us life and give us life more abundantly. And I claim that all the time because it could have really been a really rough time for my soul and my heart to go down and and feel sorry for us that we're only going to have that one child because I really did want to work with orphans. I wanted to have a big family. I had all these dreams, but honestly, I had the perfect peace that, you know, does surpass all that understanding and just says, 
God, I really know that you have this for a reason for us, and you're going to open doors for us to bless children that don't have homes. And I was, I just had the most amazing piece about it. I was really had this great joy about it too, um, how God had put us in this situation to actually make it almost easier maybe for us to make that choice for our family. I want to talk some more about your family, but maybe before we go there, let me dig a, a little deeper on sort of that experience for you guys together and even how it m- affected your family. Um, what were the things that, uh, Bethany, maybe for you specifically, that you felt like sustained you um, during that season as you're trying to figure out what God's doing and some of the difficulties of those days? Well, it was really difficult. I remember Pastor and his wife coming and, and sharing scripture with us. Many people around Harvest came and, and comforted us in that time of grief. Um, at the same time, um, I was I really just focused on on the promises that God had for us and the truth that he knew what was better for us mm-hmm. and the plan that I may have had may have not been what God had. So I just wanted to trust that God had a better plan for us. And I just kept convincing Josh that this was the plan for us. <laughs> and and I, I had no, it, it wasn't one of those moments where why God, mm-hmm. um, I was going to try and be too spiritual for that. <laughs> I'm not, this wasn't, no, no, why? It's like, I know God didn't mess up. I don't know why he's doing this. But it just means that we're going to, you know, we're going to raise Annabelle for God's glory. And uh, we're, you know, small family. It's going to be okay. Uh, but God didn't mess up. It just took me a long time to get to the point where, yeah, God didn't mess up. But Annabelle's not going to be the only one that you're going to have the chance. Mm-hmm. And so he used another family uh, from Harvest, military family that had gotten into foster care. And I just could not keep Bethany away from them. Mm-hmm. And I, it just... Honestly, the reason why I didn't want her delving into this foster care is the reason that so many people get heartbroken about it is, well, it's too hard for me to take care of a child for a short amount of time. I get attached to them, and then I have to give them up. Uh, And it wasn't until Bethany and I sat down and said, "What what is God's purpose for getting us into this foster care? Is it to fill our family or is it to help families that have a need mm-hmm. and that was a that wasn't a check this box because um, that's not asked on the application when you're going to be a foster parent and we struggled with that for multiple months yeah um we did and because i had seen the heartbreak that it was causing other families and i'm like i'm not going to do that to my wife um because I can handle it emotionally because I just don't get attached very much. Uh, It takes me a long time, but she is, you know, it takes about 12 seconds and then boom, she's hooked. Uh, And so if we're going to do this, we got to know what our purpose is, what God's leading is in it to begin with so that we can always come back to this is our goal. And so no matter what the government agencies choose for us, we can come back to this is why we did it. Yeah, solidifying our mission as a family was the key to making this foster care experience be a a beautiful and successful ministry for us. It's such an important distinction, uh, the focus from from internal to external. And of course, really, that's what the scriptures describe for us, right, as believers um, of caring for others, and uh, it's, it's really neat to see how God worked that out in your lives. 
really in your theology, your philosophy, your um, theology of life in this way. So tell me um, specifically, what, how did God begin to expand your family and how did that impi- impact you guys as that began to happen? It was the, the, the first family. thing, it, the very, uh, the, the, fa- the family that uh, Bethany was with, she just kept on asking questions, asking questions. Yeah, I just would every Sunday ask them about fostering. And plus, I worked in the nursery ministry, so I would always get to hold their babies. And um, she, they end up were being a military family and had to leave island. And so they really asked us, you know, you guys are very interested in fostering. Would you just take our foster child that we have right now? He needs a, a home. And I just was like, I had a picture in my head of what fostering was going to look like. And it wasn't quite what that was because they had a um, special needs little boy at the time. Um, that was at three months old. He was a shaken baby. So he suffered from critical and severe brain hemorrhaging and um, brain trauma, and it affected the way he developed. And so um, we went back and thought about it. And then CPS, we got the call from CPS after we became foster parents, and that was the call. And so we sat down family, and Josh gave me that talk of our mission statement, like, why are we going to do this? Mm -hmm. Why are we going to say yes? There was a lot of fear heading into that very first one. And honestly, it was from when we first went through the licensing application, it was six months before we were asked to take a child. And the first time that they called us six months later was this child. And I had no idea who it was. Bethany says, oh, no, this is not what I was expecting. And Chris, I'm sure exactly what you grew up with, with uh, the medically fragile. This is that's that's who this child was, uh, very medically fragile. They're all not what you're expecting because you <laughs> exactly. don't you don't know what's on the other end of it. And there's uh, many uh, long nights for the whole family, yes. not just for the parents. And uh, yeah, there's much of that. So, but on the other hand, the rewards you never think about the sacrifice. I know you're you're shaking your head. You never <laughs> think about the sacrifices because of the rewards so often, and so that's that's how our family thought of it. And it was. It was the the thing that we're so thankful for is it didn't take us two or three children down the road. Very first one, God was saying, "This is why you said you're going to do it. Here's your first chance. Are you going to back out on that, or are you going to do it because you said you were going to take care of kids to help children, to help direct them to me? Basically, the same thing that I did for you, Josh, mm-hmm. adopt you in when you didn't deserve it." Are you going to be able to do that to another child who doesn't deserve it and really has nothing to offer you? Mm. And we said, yes. this, this, is, this is why, okay, God, we, we said we would do it before there was a name attached to it. Now that there's a name attached to it, and now that is not what we're expecting, we'll do it. Uh, and that was Devin. It was uh, about four years later when God allowed us to adopt him. Uh, and we had had 30 foster children over the time, and the only one until just recently, the only one that we'd ever adopted was Devin. Mm. The very first one that we could have said no to is the very one that God said, I want him to be a permanent part of your family. It's just, are you going to have the faith to step out and invest in someone knowing that there's very little that he can offer? And now, you know, Devin, <laughs> he has a lot to offer. Mm. And <laughs> sure does. it was just... You look back, God meant it for good, but he put us through the test right at the very beginning, and that was the wake-up call to Bethany and I. I was like, we got to stop doubting what God has called us to do 
And as long as it fits in our mission uh, for our family, we're fine with saying yes. And that really was or is the start of a remarkable journey uh, for you guys over the how many years since then? Devon was 2009. Tell me about some of the seeds of Harvest House. Where did that start and what was the burden that Hmm. began what God has really blessed in so many marvelous ways, not just on the campus of of, of Harvest mm. Ministries, but across this island. So tell me how all that started. Josh is laughing because the, f- the seed that he remembers is Harvest House started in our carport and it got so over-blessed mm. <laughs> that it filled our carport with needs mm. of and people coming to meet needs of foster children on Guam. Because we were foster parents, we saw firsthand the reality of fostering and the lack of resources to all the foster parents on Guam. And we thought if we're lacking and we have a church body that are like flowing into us and want to help us, what about all the other foster families when they get a child in the middle of the night? Where do they go to Kmart and spend $250? Probably. So I thought what we can, we can at least fill physical needs that these foster children have. And so we started with the carport, <laughs> then we started with a closet in the church and then a container. And now we have a building and it's just been a seed that's really grown. Can you tell us a little bit about the uh, foster care needs on Guam and across the island? The biggest need is homes. Mm-hmm. So we have about 235 foster children on this island, and we only have 36 active licensed foster homes. Out of the 36, 26 of them are already have kids in their home, and seven of them are like respite for emergency placement only or if a family went off island and needed to help out. I feel like our it's a constant thing we have to keep telling our island of how bad it really is because when there's 2,000 referrals of child abuse uh, in a year, over 1,000, but about 2,000 kids that are affected by it and then 200 in, in, in foster care, CPS, we get the calls. We understand the abandonment, abuse, and neglect stories that they tell us, and it still will, like, make our mouths like, really? There is a four-year-old walking the streets right now at midnight, just as wandering, really does not have a home to go to, and we don't know where mom and dad are, or a child that has broken bones and needs a place right now. It's, it is severe, and I think I think our, our, our island and our, and our people just— need to hear those stories and need to open their eyes to the reality of the crisis and, and answer and ask yourselves, what could I do to help relieve the suffering? Well, we could talk about this for a long time. I, my heart's burned. I love the passion that God has given you guys. Um, and even more than the passion, the perseverance that is witnessed by by your care and uh, and the sacrifices that you've made. Thank you for leading us as a church family forward um, in caring for uh, these children that we know that our God cares for. So if somebody is listening today and is burdened for the children across our island that have needs, uh, Bethany, how can they get involved? What are some ways that they could help uh, to, to do what God wants them to do in this area? Sure. Well, one thing they... I would love for them to come to Orphan Sunday to get more awareness or more knowledge, as well as come to our informational meeting on um, November 20th. Um, We can tell you how to um, go through the process of fostering, as well as how to wrap around a family to help them and their um, 
with all their needs. Um, the best thing to do to contact us is just to go to our um, Harvest House Facebook page and go private message us or call us at 300 Life at the Harvest House Resource Center. We always want to connect with people personally, so have them come into Harvest House. We'll set up a meeting and we'll talk to you through the process of either fostering or adopting or volunteering, donating, or how to educate the island. So, yeah, we, we would lo- love for people to come in and just talk with us. Yeah, it's, it's really you can find a way to get involved because foster care isn't for everybody. Adoption isn't for everybody, but there is something you can do. Um, it, I, I come back frequently to James chapter two. Uh, he gives the, he talk about faith and works and uh, James chapter two, verse 15, uh, suppose a brother or sister in Christ comes to you in need of clothes or something to eat. And you say to them, God be with you. I hope you stay warm and get plenty to eat but you don't give them the things that they need. If you don't help them, your words are worthless. Um, that's the type of thing that we're saying. You you can have a burden, but if you don't turn that faith into some kind of an action, uh, you're really not doing anything. Um, and it doesn't take, uh, with our, our island, um, with, our, with our foster children, it, it doesn't take a village, uh, but it does take a church. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where Bethany and I have felt the the security in doing what God is calling us to do, because we haven't gone it alone. Uh, right. We have our church body that has constantly and consistently come beside us to lift up our hands when we are dragging ourselves on the ground, and um, we make it to church. And a lot of people thinking that we're okay, and then there's a lot of people that are saying like, "Oh, you guys." look a little tired (laughs) and they come alongside and uh, the number of times that we have been blessed by our church family i cannot fathom being a foster parent without the support of the local church um and i can i can honestly say beth and i would not still be doing it we wouldn't have made it without said no (laughs) without the support of the church and then really that's where harvest house fits the reason harvest house is a success is because of the church that we have behind us to support us to move us forward and then those connections reaching out into the community and the way the community gets on board but it really started because our pastor had a burden to help and then harvest has uh, harvest baptist church has continued that burden and um and he, he's busted god has busted really does wrap us around to a theme that we began with which is the idea of family and belonging um, our dream and our desire for these young children that in some ways don't know where they belong or haven't belonged to be able to feel like they fit somewhere in a family. And the reality uh, that we as as individuals, as adults, as families, that we can't do it without the larger family mm-hmm. of the body of Christ. And um, it really is a beautiful picture uh, adoption is foster homes are a beautiful picture of the family of God. And um, we're thankful for the way that you guys have taken on the task, the God-given task of uh, caring in this way and led us forward. So thank you individually um, for that. And our prayer is that God would meet every one of your needs and continue to bless you. Um, and that the the vision of Harvest House would continue to grow. We believe that God has more in store um, for the future. Isn't that right, Bethany? Yes, I have lots of visions, lots of excitement. 
And we do want to invite you, if you're listening uh, to the show today, to come be part of Orphan Sunday. Chris, you'll tell us some more about the details, but uh, we'd love to show you a little bit of what God's doing in this ministry, give you an opportunity to connect um, and, uh, and, and sense and feel uh, both the need and God's call to us in this area. Well, it's been a great program today. Thank you for listening. Thank you to our guests and our host, Pastor Gary Walton. And we'd like to personally invite you to services this Sunday at Harvest Baptist Church. It will be Orphan Sunday and, of course, Veterans Day. Now, if you stop in at 930 for our children's programs at Adult Bible Fellowships, just stop before you go into the auditorium at the kiosk and folks can help you and inform you on where you should go to class or uh, what time everything starts. But it's 10.30 a.m. when we have our regular morning worship service, Orphan Sunday and Veterans Day. And, uh, of course, you can go to our website for more info at hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. And the Harvest House website, by the way, is harvesthouseguam.org, harvesthouseguam.org. If you want to contact them directly. Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time.